Collective Cast number four, Seven Habits, Future Visioning. You're tuned to the Collective Cast. Agents of the Collective strive to fight, adapt, and grow. Whether facing the evils of the world or those within ourselves, we support one another and leave nobody behind. And now, here's your host of the Collective Cast, The Cryptic Chameleon. Hello everybody, I am Chris, also known as The Cryptic Chameleon. Thank you fellow members of The Collective for joining me here for this episode of The Collective Cast. (laughs) Wow, I can't talk today. But for this episode of The Collective Cast, the podcast where we talk about our journeys to fight adapt and grow right now we're going through the seven habits of highly effective people book but before we do that you might notice that i changed up the opening a little bit shortened it a little bit and uh there are a couple of other audio tweaks i'll be making in this episode and that's partially thanks to actually entirely thanks to the misfit heroes podcast so uh to to uh, the wonderful host over at the Misfit Heroes podcast, I really, really appreciate the feedback. It's uh, it, it's it's really awesome that you provided that in the Reddit, and I really, really appreciate it. So, thank you so much for that. So, moving forward, <laughs> oh, it, it's been rough. So, just let a little bit of an update from last time where I was talking about the, you know, keeping commitments. And that worked for about a day or two when I started missing internal and external commitments. And it's it's hard. It's a lot harder than you might think because sometimes you think you have more time than, you know, like I know I thought I had more time than I did. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get another podcast episode done and I'm going to get the book read and then I'll have enough time the next day to do the next podcast episode. And here it is three days later, two days later, something like that, where I just didn't have the time. And it's because I didn't budget my time and didn't take my emotions and my situations into consideration. And as the work week started, it it kind of continued. So that's, that's an update for now. But in the meantime, we're going to go on to the next chapter of the seven habits of highly effective people. And, uh, Basically, I, I can't remember the exact habit. I'm going to have to look back at my notes now, but I believe it's... Ah, there it is. Begin with the end in mind. Begin in, with the end in mind. So, point number one. Right now, imagine something. And this is an exercise from the book. You're dead. Picture your funeral. What would you want your spouse, children, family, friends and colleagues to say what would you want to hear them how would you what what would they be saying to describe who you are and maybe some of your accomplishments and take a moment and really think about that and then write them down and if you want you can even pause the podcast right here to do that so go ahead and pause i'm not going to go anywhere and then just hit play again once you come back So I I found that it was really, really interesting that I was able to find the principles and traits that I wanted for myself 
by doing this exercise, which is probably why the book tells people to do this exercise. Uh, there were a lot of things on there. Generosity, loving, caring, a good provider, dedicated, uh, creative. All of those types of things came out in that. And I still have to make a comprehensive list. There was a lot of overlap between different groups of people, between friends, family, and work. But it's really a sobering thought when you think to yourself, uh, I'm going to die. You know, I, I only have a short time, relatively speaking, on the world, on this planet as a physical being, in order to figure out who I want to be and to work to establish those principles in my life. But if I don't know what those principles are in the first place, how can I even begin to journey to them? Yes, I have to be proactive about it. Yes, I have to work to keep my commitments. But at the same time, I also need to know who it is that I'm trying to become. I need to know what principles that I'm trying to live my life by. And how do I figure that out? Well, one of the ways is to picture what you would want people to say if you were dead. Why is this important? Well, the fact is, is that everything in our lives consists of two creations. Wait, what? Yes, everything that is made by humankind, including ourselves, consists of two different creations. We think about it, which is act of creation one, and then we make it. That's act of creation two. If I want to create a podcast, say for example, I need to think about it first. I need to think about, well, how am I going to host the files? Do I have the recording equipment? What am I going to talk about? Who is this for? And I do all of that thinking ahead of time. And then I produce the podcast and I put it on the website and I edit everything before I put it on the website. Actually, I'm not following an order here, but you get the point. So it starts with thought and then I actualize those thoughts or goals that I made in my head. And one of the th problems is, is that I know that for myself, I haven't always had the best goals for myself. In fact, most of the time my goals were survive with putting in as least the, the least amount of effort as possible to be able to survive, to look good in front of other people without putting in the work or to just fit in to, to survive. And so what happens? Well, if I don't create my own goals or visions for myself, someone else will. If I don't have solid principles guiding me in my life, something else will for good or bad intent. In fact, uh, I had a boss at one point in, in the job that I'm currently in, no longer my boss, and this person would, would love to come to me with projects. Oh, this will be a great opportunity for you. I think that this is a good idea for you. Uh, you know, you need to get this done. I think you're the right person for this job. And it, it always seemed on the surface like that was a good thing. You know, hey, this person's coming to me asking for help all the time. Well, not even all the time, but, you know, they would ask me for help. They would, they would say that this is a great opportunity for me. 
And in the end, it usually wasn't. It was usually a great opportunity for them. They needed somebody to do it. And somebody had told them to do it. And I ended up being the one to do it. That's that's not me taking control or setting a goal and standing up for myself or being assertive. That's somebody else making goals for me. And the problem is I've lived most of my life that way. I've lived life letting uh, my emotions being con- be controlled by friends and family and not controlling them myself. Thinking that my justification comes from outside. And as we found out last time, no, the, if your justification is coming from outside, you're looking at a warped mirror. One of the things that I took away from this particular chapter is the idea of to take better control over situations, envision yourself in those situations. So to lay down, do some deep breathing work to get my mind calm, or you can do this to get your mind calm, and then really, really picture in your mind's eye a confrontational situation to the point where you can actually feel it. And then based upon the principles that you want to have in your life, picture how you would approach it differently. And that's really, uh, it it will help over time to give a path, supposedly, according to the book. Now, I've started doing this a little bit. Uh, I don't know that it's made a huge difference as of yet. So that's my take. Um, I'm not saying don't try it. I'm saying It's going to take time, just like the keeping every commitment that I make to myself and to others is going to take time. That's one of the things I have the biggest struggle with is sometimes I'm so hard on myself. I expect that I can make progress overnight and it just doesn't work that way. Even if a book is saying, yep, just keep your commitments for the next 30 days. uh, I find that it's not that easy. It's hard. I constantly feel like I'm bashing my head against the wall sometimes as I'm on this journey to grow. So know if you're experiencing that too, you're in good company. You're not alone. And uh, it, it is hard when you're setting a goal and you don't meet it. Now, once you've kind of pictured the qualities that you want to have, One of the things that the book recommends is creating a mission statement that you can begin to live your life by. And um, the questions are, well, how am I going to live my life? How will I live my values or principles in each area or role of my life? So I did start doing this and I actually used a website connected to the seven habits of highly effective people. They have a template and I tried to use the template to create my, (laughs) my mission statement. And I'll just say it did not turn out the way that I thought it would turn out at all. It was, um, It was a bit disjointed, to say the least. And the problem with it being disjointed is that it 
it wasn't, you know, it obviously didn't result in a clear mission statement. But the mission statement, which is going to take work, I know I'm not going to get my mission statement right the first time. I'm not going to get it right just because I used a template from a website. I'm not going to get it right even after I edit what came out of that template. By the way, there's a link to that template in the show notes. And uh, if you're using the chapters, because you, I hope you're using a podcasting 2.0 compatible application, you'll be able to click right now on your screen and it will take you to that link as well. But the point is, a mission statement is something that guides an individual, a family, or a business. It's what takes the values or principles that I want to live by and puts them into words and actions that act as a reminder for myself as to who I want to be. So that when times get tough, I can look back on that and say, huh, I'm not really living according to my principles. I'm not living according to the values that I need to live to in this moment or I want to live to in this moment. It takes a lot of work and introspection to be able to put together a mission statement. And the the template that I used, which again is an extension of the seven habits of highly affected people, book and mission, it asks things like, well, who are some celebrities that you look up to? And what is the character or the quality of them that you look up to? Picture your life as an epic journey. What or how are you going to go through that journey? What are you struggling through? What, what, what does that journey look like? What does it look like when you're at your best? What does it look like when you're, you're struggling? What are the things that you struggle with and need to get through? What would your 80th birthday party look like? What would people say to you there, your grandkids, your extended family, colleagues, etc.? What type of impact will you have had in their lives? And those are really, really deep, deep questions. And they trigger the creative part of the brain, which sadly, I don't think we use enough. Most of our days are what? Well, tap away at the computer, you know, get this this data-oriented task done. Send this email. Answer this customer case. Yeah, there's some creativity in solving problems for customers. Don't get me wrong. Uh, There's creativity in a lot of the work, even the data work that people do. There's definitely creativity in programming. There's creativity in 3D modeling, art. There's creativity in science. There's creativity everywhere. But I don't feel like we all tap into that creativity inside of us enough, or at least I know I don't. This, what I'm doing right now, this is a creative outreach. And the only way to, according to the book anyway, the only way to deal with these types of future visioning exercises where you're picturing or I'm picturing what I want to be in the future and how vividly I can picture that is through using creativity, through picturing 
these scenarios and saying, huh, if I want to get there, well, first of all, what do I want there to look like? And then secondly, I think the next chapter is going to talk about uh, first things first. What's the path to get there? So there's a lot of different things that drive that. And one of those is our core or our center. Ideally, our center should be in the middle of four different sliders, so to speak, of security, power, wisdom, and guidance. So security being my sense of worth or personal strength or lack thereof. I could be completely insecure or I could be very secure. I'm somewhere still more on the insecure side, by the way, right now. Power, uh, power, the ability to act. So I could be powerless in a situation or I could feel powerless in a situation or I could be empowered in a situation. Wisdom, the sense of how different parts and principles interact with each other. So I could have wisdom or I can have next to no wisdom and be foolish. And guidance, a source of direction. And oftentimes, you know, for me, I haven't really had that guidance. I haven't really had that compass. I've just been kind of wandering, you know? And so to have a good solid center, it has to be driven by security, power, wisdom, and guidance in in the proper proportions, in proper balance. When everything is properly balanced, it's possible to have a principle-centered center. (laughs) Well, a principle-focused center where instead of being based on the whims of life, the center core of my being relies on principles which don't change. Now, the book gave several different examples of false or poor centers. And I'm not going to go through them all, but I am going to go through the ones that I know affect me or affected me and that I'm working through. So the first is spouse-centered. Spouse-centered, when, when somebody gets married... There's always a saying, oh, well, now your, your wife comes first or the, the marriage comes first. But there's a problem with that. And the problem comes when you have an individual such as me who didn't understand the concept of sacrifice and was very self-centered, which we'll get to self-centeredness in a moment, but also very insecure. So... A spouse-centered worldview is I look for my validation from my spouse. If they're not happy with me, then I take it extremely hard and I get angry or frustrated. Possession-centered. This is where status or the amount or quality of things you have is your sole driver in life. And for me, I have had times where I've been possession-centered because I wanted to have status, but I didn't want to do the work to get it. 
I, I like the idea of being a leader and being somebody that people like, you know, having a little bit of prestige. When when I was young, I, I always wanted to try to find a way to become famous, rich, rich and famous, Yeah, but I never wanted to put the work into it. But still, the point is, the focus of the worldview or that center is possessions. What stuff can I get? How popular can I become? What can I show off to other people that I'm doing? And in some cases, you know, yeah, a podcast might be a way to do that. I always get a little weird, by the way, of marketing a podcast, especially this one. Am I doing it for me or am I doing it so other people will find it? And what's the balance there? You can have friend or enemy-centered worldviews. Um, and this goes both ways. I know in the past, I used to want to fit in as best as possible with my friends. And if one of my friends got really upset with me, then I took it really, really hard. And it hurt. I always cared about what my friends thought. Well, was I making the right decision to fit in with them? But then you can also have enemy-centered. The this, this person has such control over my life that I don't have any control over it. Um, I need to gossip about this person. I need to, you know, act like the victim because this 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 person is controlling my entire life. And that goes directly against the first habit, which is I'm in control of my life because I'm proactive. I get to control my decisions. Church-centeredness. Now, I know that there's a saying that God needs to be the center of everything. And believe me, I was very, very deep into my faith and the theology of my faith when I practiced. But my problem was I made my church-centered life, first of all, it was a mask because I couldn't live the values of the church. I couldn't live by the principles of the church because I wasn't a principle-centered person. But secondly, secondly, it's seeking validation from how good of a member of this church can I be. You know, I'm going to know the most about this faith. I'm going to know it inside and out. I'm going to convert the most people. I'm going to be at every church event I can. I'm going to volunteer like crazy. I am going to be there and people are going to know who they are, who I am. They're going to know that I am, you know, a good member of this community and I'm doing it just so that I feel good, not necessarily because it's the right thing to do. Last but not least, how could we forget this one? The self-centered worldview. I definitely have had a very self-centered worldview. It's all about my happiness. It's all about how I feel. It's all about me, 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 me. What can I get? How do I benefit from this situation? What can I get out of this sacrifice that I'm making? Me, me, and me. And I've lived my life that way for too, too long. And But you notice it ties into all the other ones. Why are these all false centers? Spouse-centered, um, possession-centered, friend or enemy-centered, church-centered, self-centered. Why are these all false-centered? Because they're not principle-centered. They're centered on something 
that can change on a whim. My relationship with a spouse can change on a whim. They are a human being. They're not perfect. They're not God. And they will get upset. And if they get upset because of something that I did, then I'm going to get upset because I feel attacked. I feel like I'm not meeting the expectations of this. You know? Possession-centered. Oh, well, if that person has more than me, then, you know, I'm... I'm less good, or if that person's more popular than me, then that means my self-worth isn't any good. Friend or enemy-centered. Well, if they think that I'm not good enough, then I'm not good enough. Church-centered. Well, if, if the church community doesn't think that I'm perfect, that I'm the best at this church, then I'm not good enough. And self-centered. If it's not all about me, I'm not happy. All of these are focused on things that can easily change. People's external attitudes and feelings. And even, yes, my internal attitudes and feelings. So what's the best center? Well, I've said it already. To be principle-centered. To be centered on honesty, integrity, uh, generosity, compassion, um, vulnerability, humor, dedication, all of these things, being loving, fun, uh, being, you know, creative, uh, all of those things, being there for people, being a good listener, being empathetic, those are principles. They don't change. If... I'm having a rough day, but my principle is that I have integrity. Then I'm still going to get the job done. I mean, within reason, if I'm sick, sick, I'm going to be in bed. But if I'm feeling emotionally meh, I don't feel like it, I'm still going to do it. Am I there yet personally? No, no, I'm not. But what I'm saying is when things become principle focused, when the center of my life becomes principle-focused, when my worldview becomes principle-focused, I don't have to be at the mercy and whim of my own emotions, the emotions of others, or to be seeking validation from anyone else. Now, the trick is balancing self-compassion with the expectations of integrity and with the expectations of being hardworking, being trustworthy, uh, you know, all of these different things. Well, what's the measure of that? Well, that's something that I think it comes with time. And right now, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think we all are. When are you? Be- when when am I being too hard? On myself in these goals. Not that I don't want to be a person of integrity. I do. But what's the point from A to B here or A to C here? Where's the B? Because I can't just jump from A being a person who lacks integrity to, you know, step G, who is a person that is of integral, perfect integrity. And I don't think there is such a thing as G in this case. There's no perfect integrity. Integrity looks a little bit different for different people, but there's a difference between 
claiming that everything's flexible, which is a complete lack of integrity, or knowing really where integrity actually is. And knowing that, yeah, sometimes I might fall short of a goal, but that doesn't mean I don't have integrity. It just means I fell short. Or it means that maybe I chose the wrong goal at the wrong time, or I put too high of an expectation on myself. And that's just one example. But the fact is, is that integrity doesn't ever change. It's integrity. It's a concept. Emotions change. People change. Everything around us changes. Principles don't generally change. If you ask somebody if they're honest, we all know what honesty is. It's, uh, it's pretty clear that honesty, in terms of what it means, is not really up for discussion. Honesty doesn't change just because you're in a bad mood or somebody else mistreated you or whatever. Honesty is still honesty. And that's why a principle-centered worldview is so important, or principle-centered center (laughs) is important. Principle-centeredness. So that's what we all should be striving for. So once again, takeaways from today and what we talked about. Think about the qualities or principles that you'd like to see in yourself. Do this by picturing your funeral or your 80th birthday party and trying to think of what you would want people to be saying that you've accomplished in life the type of traits that you would want to hear in those situations, that you're maybe a compassionate person, that you're funny, that you're great to be around. And what that will do is it will create a map. Well, not the entire map, but at least it will create the destination on the map where you want to get. And then from there, it's possible to actually build the steps to get there. And be aware of What is at your center? Are you focused on spouse? Are you possession-centered? Friend or enemy-centered? Church-centered? Self-centered? And there are a few others you'll have to read the book to find them. But what is the center of your life? And if it aligns with one of those other centers or more than one of those centers, remember the goal is to be principal centered, a principle-centric life. And with that, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up here on this episode of The Collective Cast. And I just want to, again, say thank you, thank you out there to Misfit Heroes. I really, really appreciate The feedback that you gave me about the podcast, it's really appreciated. Um, And also, if you appreciate what I'm doing, then I do believe in what Adam Curry calls the value for value model. If you do like what you hear here on the podcast, then by all means, please leave me a review in your favorite podcast uh, application or podcast uh, directory. Also, uh, feel free to toss me a feedback email, collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com. You could join the Discord channel and we can have conversations there 
in the collective discord. And last but not least, if you do want to toss me some money to help with the continuing funding of the show, or just because you you find that level of value, there is always a PayPal link right now in the show notes and on the website at collectivecast.com. So again, if you do have any feedback, want to reach out, collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com and or join the Discord channel. And I would look forward to to seeing you there. In the meantime, I do want to thank you agents and members of the collective for being here for this episode. I do hope that you're getting as much out of the seven habits of highly effective people as I am. And until next time, thank you for tuning in to this transmission. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care.